Hey there, and welcome back to the Moving Right Along podcast, the podcast by young writers for young writers. We're your hosts, Ruby, Ray, and Kat. Have you ever struggled to create a character? Do you have trouble replicating those extra complex three-dimensional characters we all know and love? Well, you're in the right place. Today, we'll be talking about character creation for dummies. This is our beginning guide to telling a story with effective characters that readers will carry with them for years to come. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, one of the first things I do when I'm coming up with a character is I choose their name. And I think that um, naming characters is kind of a big topic, I feel like, in the writing community. I feel like I've heard about so many times, like how people spend hours and hours browsing like baby name sites and like looking for the Latin roots of characters' names. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of power to a name. They can be really effective and iconic. You know, like think of like Victor and Fra- Victor Frankenstein or like Romeo and Juliet, Atticus Finch, you know, and there's just so many names and they can be really symbolic and cool. Um, but I know for me, <laughs> I literally just p- go on my gut feeling. So I like, I go on like baby name websites and stuff and like I definitely save like name lists all the time. Like I always save like magical name lists, like things <laughs> like that. Cause like, for, like fantasy, like you gotta get like weird names. It's like just like, it's just like the bare minimum for fantasy writing. Um, so I know that like, I literally just go on, I look at a name, and I'm like, does this fit? And if it, if I feel like myself, it fits, then it fits. And I literally never change the name. That's the name that I choose. So I don't pick it very, with much complications. I just go with my gut feeling. So what about you guys? How do you guys name characters? You're a very straightforward person, and I respect that. <laughs> with your character notes, you're just like, I'm just going to pick it, and that's what's going to happen. Um, I feel like... I have I have two different ways I will make a character name. First one is the random letters mushed together that seem like <laughs> that seem to make like a really pretty name. The only problem with that is then on the page it looks like really pretty and then you realize that like how do you actually pronounce this? I have had that problem <laughs> with a couple of my character names. Um the other problem is that I tend to gravitate towards like names that like start with certain letters so for example a is a favorite letter of mine to start with and so is m like a m and i think z as well any names beginning with those i always go ooh, interesting so that's one of the ways i make um my character names is by sort of mixing up letters and just mushing them together to make a new name the other way i do it is of course the um you know savior of all us writers babynames.com um i do look up some baby names i often i will try and match um i will try and get a sort of mixture of names so for example um when i have characters of different races i like to look up names of that like um particular like ethnicity and stuff and i do try sometimes i try to get like a meaning of a name so um for example if I have like someone who's really strong I might try and get a meaning of a name that means a warrior or something the only thing is I feel sometimes when people do these things where they try and get the meanings of the names or they try and like foreshadow because I try and foreshadow sometimes as well I feel like sometimes it becomes really obvious like one name that I think just I don't get why 
she did this. And this is this is an author I like. Okay. You know in the Shadow and Bone series when um <laughs> literally called the Darkling and, <laughs> and like we're all supposed to pretend like we don't know that he's evil, but his name is literally the Darkling. I feel like that's in that those cases, sometimes it's just better to go with a generic name. If he had just, if if she had just like, because he was like Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that's like his title, but but still, it's just it's just a bit. It, I feel like when I read that, I was a bit. I I just felt like my brain went, okay, this guy is clearly evil because he's he's literally called the Darkling. So I think you have to kind of strike a delicate balance with having a name that means something and also not just spelling it out to your reader what kind of character this is. So I think, and also getting a name that you think just fits right. I I also have another thing that, this is a sort of technical aspect of it. Something that um, a lot of beginner writers sometimes forget to do is making sure that their character names are different enough that people aren't going to get confused on the page. Because if you have two characters like Harry and Harriet, for example. <laughs> That's a really simple one, but like they have very similar names. Your reader is going to get a bit, like it's going to take them a second to remember, oh, it's this character that's speaking. So I always try and make sure that if they don't have, if they have like the same letter, they're, they're very different. Like if they have the same first letter, that they're very different in the rest of the word. Or I try, I mean, I try mostly to have different letters for each character, like different starting letters, so that it's just as easy as possible for my reader to distinguish who's talking like as fast as possible. Though, like I said, I really, really like A names, which is annoying, because one time I was writing and I looked on the page and it was just full of just, there's about 10 characters all with A names, and I was like, uh, okay, I probably should, probably should change some of these character names because it's going to get really confusing for my reader. But what about you, Ray? How do you go about naming your character? Oh, I, uh, I, it's not even just with characters. I hate naming things. It's either super easy or super hard for me. Um, there's no in between, but I have a few methods of doing it, I guess. I mean, the first, I'm a very symbolic person in general. So sometimes I'll be the person names that mean rebirth or something just to go with that. Cause that's symbolic, you know, or I'll just kind of find a name on baby names, which is also hard because it happens a lot that I don't like the name I picked, like, halfway through the draft. So I have to go back and change every single time the name is mentioned because I, I picked the wrong name. So it, it's very, like, haphazard for me because I don't want to, I don't want to pick the wrong name and then have to go back and fix it. And it's funny because I actually just did that with my, the book I'm doing for Nano, which, yeah, guys, I'm doing Nano. <laughs> you can't see her, but Ruby's going wild right now. Um, <laughs> with the, the one I'm writing for Nano right now, the, one of the main characters, I picked a name and I got to like page 15 maybe. And then I realized, okay, this name sucks. I hate this name. I got to change it. I didn't know what to change it to. So I literally just texted my friend and I was like, Hey, give me names, bo- names for boys. And he was like, okay, okay, okay. You got Milo. You got, I think Asher was one that he said. <laughs> and that's how I named that character. All the symbolism, so like I picked that for that reason. It is, it's very hard to name a character and get it right on the first try for me. It takes a lot of, a lot of lists, a lot of T charts, a lot of Venn diagrams, 
and Venn diagrams. Other... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look at how you'd eat a Venn diagram. <laughs> I listed off the first diagram sort of thing I could think of, okay? Like like charts and things like that, because it's it's I it's stressful. It can be stressful, and even, like, with what you guys are saying with, like, changing names, I, like, planned out this whole trilogy, and the trilogy, I've written the first two books of it, and the the five, like, kind of main characters, they all have names that end in the letter N, um, so, like, literally, I'm not even kidding, but it's their names, I can't change it, it's too solidified in my mind, I'm like, I just have to accept this, and just act like it doesn't exist, it's not happening, yeah, so, I mean, naming characters is definitely, like, the first kind of big part of character creation, but I think another big part is there's this whole concept of, like, character arcs. Okay, so, basically, a character arc is the sort of journey that a character goes through over the course of like a book or a film or a TV show. So um, an example of a character arc is if you take um, Harry Potter from the Harry Potter series. I don't know why I said the Harry Potter series. Everyone knows what Harry Potter's from. Um, he, if you compare his journey from like his character from the beginning of the first book to the uh, last book... We can see over the course of those books, he becomes sort of more self-confident, more like um, stronger in himself. He has, he develops like sort of courage and like strength within himself. So that is, for example, a character arc. So basically how he changes over the course of a book. So a character arc is a very fundamental part of a lot of books. So, Ray, what is your process for creating character arcs? What are some character arcs that you find interesting? What are some that you despise? Y'all, I love character arcs. <laughs> They're like one of, okay, I am a very character-driven writer, but I love characters. And one of the, like Kat said, one of the most fundamental parts of a character is making and arcs are so much fun because there's so many different ones that you, you can use. There's so many different ways to make them, so many different ways to show them and like, make your reader see that this character has changed and there's there's so much to talk about guys first i'm gonna actually answer cat's question <laughs> i'm sorry i'm really excited um um my process for creating character arcs is a little bit on a whim sometimes you know sometimes you can go into a story thinking that a character is gonna go one way and then they just kind of take over and make you go a completely different way with their character um i think a really popular one is starting out a book especially with main characters He's starting off, like, with this really timid, anxious kind of character. And then by the end of the book, like Harry Potter, he's getting more self-confident and all that jazz. You can clearly tell that throughout the book, with the events that happened to him and along with the plot, they learned lessons and they, they got new personality traits that helped them develop as a person and as a character. And that's essentially what a character arc is. So, I'm going to talk about, like, a, a few different ones. My personal two favorites, the redemption arc and the corruption arc. The redemption arc, the only, the only example, okay, you know, it's the best example, you cannot argue with me on this, but Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender had the greatest redemption arc of all time, okay, and that is not debatable because it was so amazingly written and so perfect. When I tell you I have rewatched that episode, where he finally goes to join the, the what is it called? The gang, right? The Air or Temple or something. Yeah, the Western Air Temple. That episode, I've rewatched it millions of times. 
Millions of points. I love it. Preach. But <laughs> so a redemption arc is essentially when from being the sort of evil character like to becoming a good character and redeem yeah, it's kind of in the name, redeeming themselves from their past actions. And but on the other hand, the sort of opposite arc is a corruption arc, which I love these two. They're so cool. It's when a good character or the protagonist goes to being like a bad character or the antagonist. And it is so cool because watching them sort of get corrupt corrupted and also in the name. Um <laughs> is so much fun because you get to really nice character go to being an absolute psychopath and it is so much fun i don't want to like spoil anything for anyone so i won't give you an example they're so cool and there's like a million different a million different arcs to choose from and um yeah just finding i guess what kind of arc you play to your audience is really important and this kind of ties into what the theme of your story is and what you kind of want to get from the story that you're telling because your characters are going to play a huge role in that and their arc also plays a huge role in the characters and i know i'm throwing a lot of information at you right now but i promise it's a lot easier than it sounds and it's not as methodical as i'm making this out to be because honestly i just kind of write the character and the character writes him theirself and it just works uh, yeah you know genre plays a, a big role too if you're writing like a contemporary maybe you want to write a book of someone finding them you know, you're probably not going to write a corruption arc where the character finds who they are. You know, it just doesn't it's make evil. sense. evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> my character arc. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I found out who I am and it's evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, yeah. But I've been talking about this for a while. So what do you guys do? Yeah, I mean, contra- a little differently to you. I love that character arcs are so easy for you. I find character arcs really hard. <laughs> Something about... um. As kind of Ray said, they're a very character-driven writer. I'm a very plot-driven writer. So it kind of, it, that makes character arcs really hard. Uh, I definitely find it really hard to find a character arc that I feel like is really obvious and really like, mm, this character has clearly changed. Uh, and I always thought like character creation and especially character arcs were like one of my biggest weaknesses as a writer. And I'm not going to lie, it is. Uh, but I think what I've noticed is that just because, like, I didn't get the exact character arc on the first draft doesn't mean that I can't develop one that my readers will enjoy. Like, uh, for example, recently I got my book Beta Red by Ty Wee. Woo! Uh... They, one thing that some of like the most glowing feedback I got was my characters that they loved my characters and I was like what what no they loved them and I was like why <laughs> because in my mind I overanalyzed them so much and felt like they weren't um dynamic enough and they weren't the sort of characters that are really just you know ones you want to root for but I just was overthinking that in my mind. And, you know, if you if they'd read the first draft of that book, then, yeah, they definitely would have not felt like the characters were there. They wouldn't have felt like they were really just um, fascinating characters to follow. 
But it was over time that I was able to develop the character arc. So I will say, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I suck at character arcs, uh, me too. But also, it just takes time and it takes revision. And just because you have to revise your characters more doesn't mean that you're like less of a good writer I think is something that I want to emphasize because I think you know the I from what I've seen the writing industry is very especially the YA industry is very dominated by character driven books just from what I've observed and that's a great thing but I think just don't let it like invalidate you because it's it's just a different way it's just a different kind of way that you have to revise so what about you Kat how are you with character arcs um I'd say um, I never like purpose. I don't. I'm trying to think. Do I ever purposely go in? With, I don't know. I don't think I ever purposely go in with like this is what the character's arc is going to be. But I think I remember um reading something or watching something where, where they were talking about character creation and they was talking about how with character arcs, a lot of the time a really good character arc comes from that one like flaw that you put in your character that they really want to change about themselves so that is a really like if you are struggling with character arcs if you start off with your character who maybe has this like one flaw so for example um maybe that they're really selfish and then like that is their flaw and maybe they don't want to change it at first but then they like for example like in a redemption arc they might have their like mind change and then over the course of the book they become less and less selfish so that is like a good example of a character arc um i'd say i just i i i I'd say <laughs> i don't know am i good at character arcs who knows but um i'd say i find it interesting writing about character arcs because it's really a, like a study of not to sound pretentious <laughs> but it's really like a study of like like humans and like sort of how mm. the complex sort of um how we can change like can can people ever really change how do we change in that way why is it like why is it that this person can change into like a completely different person and i think it's important when you're writing a character arc to make sure it seems realistic so a lot of the time sometimes um especially in sort of um like ya and like books that are aimed for maybe younger audiences they kind of try and hammer you over the head with like the moral of the book and they go so this character was really shy and then suddenly they're not shy and that's a good thing and um I think it's really important to maybe make character arcs a bit more subtle sometimes and um reducing them down a bit so it's not this drastic you know they don't do like a makeover scene and suddenly they're a different person <laughs> it's about showing that they're the same they might be well for example in some character arcs they could be the same person but just with a slightly different outlook on life um going off from that talking about different kind of character arcs you don't always have to have a character arc because there mm-hmm. are things such as static characters so a static character is basically a character that doesn't change throughout the entire book. And you may be thinking, okay, so what's the point of the book? So, or like, what's the point of the media or whatever? In these kind of books, it's often they change the world around them instead. So for example, one of my favorite examples of a static-ish character is um, Elle Woods from Legally Bond. And here's why, because she starts the film as a bubbly, like nice, (laughs) very friendly person. And she ends the film the same way. And the thing that is considered a flaw about her, her being like really into fashion and being very bubbly and being very cheerful, that doesn't change through the course of the film, even though it sort of almost sets it up to be in that when she goes to law school, 
if you've not seen the film, when she goes to law school, she's sort of disparaged for that. People make fun of her for being this bubbly, like, person who loves fashion and loves pink. And in some books, that would be the moment where there would be a character arc and the character would stop being bubbly and loves pink. They'd become more serious and that would be their character arc. But in Legally Blonde, she doesn't do that. She stays exactly the same. I mean, there are definitely, like, dips and, like, it's not a completely static character. There's definitely, like, sort of valleys and dips in her character arc. But overall, she remains a sort of static character throughout the film. She doesn't change her personality. So that is an example of a static character. So, you know, you can, it's, it. I would say for first-time writers, it can be a bit more difficult to write static characters. But you can do it. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so that is one example of how like character arcs can just differ so, so much. And if you're wondering how to create character arcs, just sort of go with your gut, see what happens. Yeah, and at the end of the day, what you really are aspiring towards is a three-dimensional character. So what is a three-dimensional character? A three-dimensional character is a complex person with depth. It's basically a character that you look at them and you think, I could see this in real life. This is the sort of person that I believe and that I really want to root for and believe in. So making three-dimensional characters is really hard. So don't like fret if you're like, my characters aren't three-dimensional enough. You're fine. Um, it's actually, there's many examples actually of publishable works with honestly, in my opinion, characters that are not three-dimensional. But I think your goal should be to get to this point where your characters are the sort of believable thing that you want in the world yeah and we have some tips and tricks for you on ways to make three-dimensional characters uh, i know for starters for me i find pinterest boards and spotify playlists they are my holy grail of basically everything to do with books but also character creation they can just inspire you towards different things i know another thing i like to do when i'm in the really fleshing the character out stage is i get scene prompts like scene prompts from like Pinterest is actually where I get them, which is a really random place to get them. And I basically write out the scenes even before I really know the characters, but I just let it kind of, I kind of test things out. I test out different personality traits that I might want them to have, different ways that they talk. Uh, I know another thing that I find really good is that everybody, every person has depth to them. I think nobody would really disagree with that. So what you need to do is you need to look deeper into their life. You know, when I think about my life, there's so many different layers of it that different people don't see. So for me, I obviously the character traits are really important and making sure that they don't just have one singular trait that you reuse throughout the entire so a lot of people find it helpful to sort of list off traits that you might want them to have. Like just sit down with some paper or laptop if you like better and just whatever comes to your mind, just poof, put it down. Um, I personally don't really do that that much. Uh, I feel like getting to know the character instead of sort of putting a word on who they are is better for me. Like, for example, if I'm watching like a TV show, sometimes I'll think like, okay, what would this character do if they were put in this situation? And sort of put myself in their shoes and kind of get to know who they are. Um, I think that's the best way I sort of flesh out the characters, but it's definitely a, a lengthy process. So what about you, Kat? One of the things that I think I really like to do with my characters, so for what, first, first of all, my process of getting to know my characters is kind of the same as Ray's in that I don't, sit down and sort of plan my character beforehand I will normally 
begin by writing the first draft and have I have sort of a vague idea of the character but I'd like to learn more and more about the character as I peel back the layers like an onion <laughs> um one of the things that I think can make a character take a character from 2d to 3d is contradiction or what seems to be contradiction so what I mean by that is that I feel like most people though they don't realize it are sort of full of sort of weird contradictions in their lives right so for example um one of my characters is very shy but at the same time she has this kind of like fierceness about her where like if something annoys her she just starts getting like really really like fierce about it which you wouldn't expect because she's very very shy so having these kind of things that you wouldn't expect these sort of contradictions that um wouldn't be there if they were a two-dimensional character just sort of fleshes them out and makes them seem more real um another thing you can do is like so sort of going off of that is just making something unexpected so if you're playing into sort of tropes and stereotypes so for example if you have like a jockey character having something unexpected about them like for example their favorite tv show is the powerpuff girls who knows something like that makes a character feel just so much more real because they have these sort of weird quirks that all of us do so adding like tiny little bits of weird quirks and just sort of sprinkling them in your story can definitely elevate your characters from going from 2d to 3d um the other thing i think that is really important um is sort of empathy for your characters so even when you have characters for example that are like side characters who aren't as important as the main character it's really important to consider how you would tell that story from their perspective because that is how you stop getting side characters that are really really flat or villains that are really really flat so always so for example something that i always hate in books is when they have like the one-dimensional a mean girl and it's just that she's just mean because she's mean and she doesn't like the main character and there's no explanation given as to why for the most part people aren't like that now this doesn't mean saying that their reasoning for why they like don't like the main character is a good one that's really important it don't just excuse the like bad actions by saying oh they had a really bad childhood because that's just like that's not really that that that's not really what we're after it's about saying they think everyone in the world thinks that what they're doing is like the best thing for them to be doing right so it's important to always tell the story and like tell your characters as in that's what they're thinking they're not going to do something that they think isn't in their own self-interest even if like so basically yeah so you don't don't just don't have characters that sort of are just mean for the sake of being mean without a reason behind it something that's really important nowadays and it's always been important but like we've only been talking about it nowadays because we were dumb before <laughs> is things like diverse characters and making sure that your diverse characters are as three-dimensional as your characters that aren't diverse uh, like not that they are diverse but like making sure all your characters are three-dimensional especially when you're talking about diversity and representation you need to make sure that you're not just putting in like a stereotype just for the sake of saying oh look but I've got a black character in my story and therefore it's a diverse book especially if you've not developed that character anything beyond like the the base level stereotype so what do you guys think about diversity in your character writing how do you make a, a book that's diverse with diverse casts and diverse characters without 
making it bad, <laughs> basically. I know for me, I write a lot of diverse characters. Uh, and one of the things that a lot of people don't think about is just writing them like any other character. I mean, obviously, avoid stereotypes where you can. But they're still people, and they're still just like any other character. So, like, if you had, say, a white character and a black character, they're different people, sure, but they should still be developed the same way. Does th If that makes sense. Because if you treat... One, it's just like how you would treat people. I mean, this is kind of a little bit philosophical here, but <laughs> if you treat one character differently than another character because of who they are as a person, it just doesn't make sense. So write them like you would write any other person. That's like my biggest tip, and that's like the one that I can think of. So. so what I'd say is really important is just to consider what character has a story that you can tell like for example for me i'm i'm white so i don't think it's my place to tell a story about from the perspective of a black character where the plot of the story is them dealing with racism because i don't understand that that's not my story to tell that doesn't mean that you should not have diversity and that doesn't mean that i couldn't write from the perspective of a black character it just means that there's certain aspects that you just need to really take into consideration and you know like Ray was saying you just really need to think about avoiding stereotypes as much as possible because those can be really hurtful but I think I think my best tip honestly for writing diversity is to get people who are di like di different than you to read it and to see how you did on dealing with a minority that maybe you don't have experience with or a race you don't have experience with or a sexuality you don't have experience with just get somebody who gets it I feel like to read it and then they can give you help on ways that you can improve your representation i think that's my best tip and i know that that's something that i as a writer always want to do because i think it's so important that we do justice to the people that we're writing yeah because even though your characters may not be real people they could mean something to real people and they could make real people feel real things so you just really need to think about that uh, yeah, I, agree. I definitely agree with both of your points, you know, I think, you know, for me growing up, um, for those who don't know, I am half Malaysian, so I'm half, I'm half Asian, which means that growing up, I did not see any, any characters who were like mixed white and Asian, and the sort of, I always like really wanted to re like relate to the Asian characters I saw in media, but oftentimes they were so two-dimensional. For example, like on Disney Channel, they often like participate in so many like stereotypes and stuff like that, which was just really hurtful. And it was just like, what? You don't have to do that. Like, just don't do that. Um, and I think that's why it's really, really important when you're talking about diverse characters is to make sure that you are making them into real like sort of 3D characters and you're placing an importance on them as a character, not just as like a throwaway joke or a plot point for you to like fix or something for example like Matt Damon in The Great Wall when he's like the savior of China which was like it was just like uh yeah no dude <laughs> like when you use sort of diverse characters as plot devices rather than characters as their own in their own right you're doing something wrong there that's that's the one thing I will say is like my cardinal rule don't use diverse characters as your plot device. Don't have the sort of dragon Asian lady as your like plot device to sort of 
be like luring the the white man in with her like dragon Asian mysticism and like feminine wiles. Like it's it's just it's really demeaning to the actual people of those that like specific group. So I think that is something really really important. Um, second thing is we've talked about like avoiding stereotypes. It like the thing is you can use a stereotype if you are not like if you are using it to make a point as in you are like um subverting the trope or something like that if you are taking a trope and you are switching it on its head and you are saying okay look at this trope that was used to demean people and then like switching it on their head that that is very interesting to me other thing is if you are of a group and you want to tell your story then it's important to tell it as honestly as possible even if you think that sometimes people aren't going to agree with you. So for example, for me, I once wrote a story about being like mixed race. And I remember I had someone say to me like, this wasn't representative of my experience. And I remember being like, yes, but it was representative of mine. So that is something that's really important for those of you who are from marginalized groups is not to allow other people in those marginalized groups to speak over your voice because if it is honest and if it is true about your experience, it it can't be a stereotype. It, like it, it's not a stereotype for that for that to have because that happened to you. That's like what happened to you. So you can't allow other people to speak over your experiences. So that is one thing I will say is really really important is to remember that like you you as a person of that marginalized group have as much right to tell your story to tell your version of events as anyone else does. So yeah, that is my welcome to my TED talk and mic drop. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That was make me cry. That was so nice. <laughs> Um, so something we mentioned before uh, was character versus plot-driven story. So this isn't something that a lot of people know about, even writers. Honestly, I didn't learn about this until I was like two, like a year into seriously writing. So the difference between a character versus a plot-driven story is that character-driven stories are, well, it's kind of self-explanatory in a way, but they focus more on characters and using the characters to tell the story and move the plot along instead of plot-driven stories, which rely on the events that happen, or I can't think of anything else. Yeah, the events that happen. Like the world as well sometimes. It's like... um, Yeah, the world. That's a good one. Yeah. It's like um, often um, sort of allegorical stories, that stories are like, that are trying to tell, um, like trying to illustrate a certain problem in society can often be more plot-driven. So for example, um, one that I think of at least in my opinion, is more plot-driven, is um, George Orwell's Animal Farm, because it's not really about the characters. I mean, it is about the characters, but rather the characters are representative of something else. So I'd say that is a more, like, plot-driven story, because they're trying. he's trying to illustrate the, um, like, communist uh, situation in Russia. So, for example, like, those kind of stories where they're trying to illustrate something are often more plot driven because they want to sort of parallel events that happen in real life rather than um sort of dependent on sort of displaying the journey of a character i think what it really boils down to is where your conflict from for your story so for example is it man versus man man versus nature man versus self man versus society it is not whoa bad um Yeah, but basically it just depends on where your conflict comes from. Does your conflict come from character interaction or does it come from interaction with an outward source? 
So, as we previously mentioned, I'm a very plot-driven writer, usually. I'd say, like, solid 90% of the time. And Ray's a very character-driven. So, Kat, what about you? I would say I'm much more character-driven because, um, as we established the first episode, I am a massive pantser. And to be more... I mean, you can be a pantser and be more plot-driven, but I find, as a pantser, I am much more character-driven because... I don't, I don't know what my plot is. For the most part, I definitely would say um, my weakness is my plot in that I am not always very good at making a coherent plot. Whereas um, I like, I, I think um, I find it more interesting to talk about, like to sort of discuss my characters. And I normally have like um, the pivotal scenes sort of surrounding uh, in my books, sort of talking about the character arcs and things like that. But those are the things that pop into my head. Whereas um, the problem with that is sometimes, obviously, I forget that um, you can't just make a plot hole so that your character can learn and develop um, as a person because uh, then your then your readers are going to be really confused as to why they went from this to this, like they went from this place to this place because all I wanted to do is make an interesting character arc. So something I really want to mention is that while character versus plot driven stories are two very different things, they can also both be used for the same thing in a story, but in different ways. And I'll explain, because that's a mouthful. <laughs> so what I mean by that is that you can do that with character, a character-driven story or a plot-driven story. It just matters how you're using it. So my point is, is that you can use these two very different methods for a similar thing. And it's and I think at the end of the day, you're going to end up with plot and you're going to end up with characters in a well-crafted story. So don't stress too much of like, oh, I'm so plot-driven. Ah, this is bad. Well, that was what That's what goes through my mind sometimes. Uh, you will get there. I think it just takes the revising part. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Another big part of creating characters, this is the dummies guide, guys. <laughs> we are the dummies, but that's okay. Not for dummies, <laughs> by dummies. Uh, another big character creation is character backstory, which can be a really difficult thing. It could be a really easy thing. It kind of just depends on how y'all feel about it. Uh, I know for me, I have a hard time with backstory. As we stated before, Ruby doesn't have a great time with characters sometimes. She loves them, but she struggles with them. I think I can struggle with the idea that, oh my gosh, the only way my character's backstory is going to be interesting is if they, like, have this crazy, tragic, crazy life. You know, like the Kaz Brecker of the character creation, things like that. Harry Potter, you know, both his parents are dead, you know, things like that. But I think that if your character relies solely on a tragic backstory to be an interesting character, then it's a weak character, you know? Let's be real. In everyday life, for most people, the people you're walking around and meeting don't have these crazy <laughs> traumatizing lives. It doesn't mean that people with traumatizing lives don't exist, but for the most part, the average person will go through hard stuff, but that's not, like, all the, that this happened to them, you know? Most people don't, like, lose their parents. I know why in YA that happens a lot, so you just you just need to think about that. It's, like, character backstory is more than just tragedy. It's about, you know, what has happened in your character's life that made them the way that they are. You need to, like, really consider it, because... 
life really shapes people into who they are. Like when I think back on things that have happened in my life, I can clearly see the way it's affected me uh, and the way it's changed me to be the person that I am today. And I think one of the nice things about writing YA is that we don't have to dig really far (laughs) for a backstory (laughs) for the most part. It takes time, but at least we're not like writing 40-year-olds who have lived for a long time. We just have to write like 16, 17-year-olds. I like that. So just when you're developing a backstory, you need to think about you know their passions who are their friends what are their favorite foods places smells books songs because at the end of the day all of those make up a person there's this like quote that I love where it's like I am every person I have ever loved but it's basically just that the people that you love and the things that you love you it slowly molds you into who you are and I think we need to think about that with characters yeah what about you guys with character backstory uh yeah I definitely agree that you know not every character needs to have like the mom's dead, the dad's dead, the uncle's dead, the grandpa's dead kind of thing. Because after a while, it starts to get a little bit ridiculous when it's like, no no one they know is alive. Just being near them, this person is enough to get you killed. Um, I think, you know, that can work in certain scenarios and there are definitely characters who that works really well with. But um, if you think about your own lives and think about the lives of the people around you, we all have these kind of small these small tragedies, you know, the loss of a close, like, loved one in, like, our early life and stuff like that, things like that are more interesting than overly tragic, like, tragedied stories because it's more relatable to see someone who's struggling with something that is more similar to you. So having a backstory that is well fleshed out with maybe, like, there are good bits about their backstory. Maybe they had, like, a really loving family, but maybe this sort of Maybe they had a friend who was really horrible to them and bullied them or something like that. So having the sort of balance in um, a character's backstory is really, really important so that you show that they're not, it's not just all sadness and tragedy. I mean, you can have, like, the thing is, you can have these kind of characters. It's just that you know that this is, like, <laughs> it's been kind of done to death at this point where every, every YA uh, protagonist has to have, like, dead parents, dead everything, dead dog, dead, dead pets. It's just, it's just, it just gets a little bit, um, like, I think mundane tragedies, I think, are more interesting than the overt, sort of, over-the-top kind of things where it's sort of something that is just sad but they also, um, something that really annoys me is please don't have your character sort of open up in one rush about their sad backstory <laughs> because I feel like that happens so many times in books is that they'll be like, the like, or like, it'll be like the moody guy is like sitting outside and like the girl comes to join him and she's like, what are you thinking about? And he turns to her and is like, I'm thinking about the night that uh, my entire family burned in a fire and I feel like you know, there's a way to tell um, the backstory of a character through small details. So, for example, if this <laughs> if this character did have their entire family like burned in a fire, show them sort of being like, for example, if someone's like lighting a match, they sort of step away in that moment, sort of sprinkle sprinkle small details about your character's backstory, so to like let your um, reader piece piece it together because I think that is a much more interesting way to tell a story is having your reader sort of work out 
oh, this character doesn't like this thing, so maybe something happened in their life before that made them didn't like this thing. Because your readers are much smarter than you give them credit for. So it's and it's also much easier, like it's much more interesting to read than rather than when you have like a character who meets this person for the first time and they're like, let me tell you all about my tragic life because that's <laughs> that's not how most people are. Like it often takes a really long time for people to get to that like level of comfort to say this was the thing that really affected me. Also, don't have them be like, this was the one thing in my life that changed me forever. Because often, for most people, it's a series of small sad things. It's a series of this happened and then later on in my life and then this happened and it's not this one event define me for the rest of my life kind of thing. I mean, you know, there are definitely things that do, do define us in our lives, but it's important to sort of balance that out with other things so that you show that this character is complex yeah but at the end of the day you know people are complicated and people are kind and people are mean and just you really need to convey that with your characters um but don't stress out you don't need to give every single character a backstory that random person that your person bumps into in the grocery store doesn't need a backstory it's okay things like that don't freak out but your main characters your characters that you really want to resonate with the readers give them a backstory really think about them Right before we finish this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of just some small tips and tricks for creating characters and some things that we like to do. Um, For example, something that I do is often when I'm writing a scene, I will like say their lines out loud to kind of understand how that how they would speak, how they would react, because it's really interesting kind of when you get into the character's head, they might react in a way that you weren't expecting. Also, that's a really important thing is that when you're writing a character, sometimes they're going to behave in a way, like sometimes what might, what your plan for them might have been, might end up not really working when you actually start writing it down. And it's important to sort of let yourself go with the flow and say, okay, this character arc isn't actually really working for this character. It doesn't really make sense. So I'm going to switch it to what they kind of want to do and go this way, because that is what stops your characters from seeming unrealistic and like their decisions don't make any sense because that's okay that's a really big pet peeve of mine is when the character seemingly makes decisions that are like again actively against their self-interest I mean there's a difference between having like a rash character and just having a character that doesn't make any like logical sense because they're just making really bad decisions that don't fit in line with their character so try and make sure all your character decisions fit in line with the character that you have sort of created and stuff like that so that is one tip i have is saying their lines out loud like you are that character yeah i mean i think my best tip uh and this applies to all characters main characters minor characters random person you see in a grocery store breathe little bits of life into each of them and what i mean by that is give them quirks people have random things about them that you find out and you're like huh like really like what things like that like I know for me one thing that I do with characters is I'll take quirks that I know about people from real life and I'll put them in like random side characters just to give them a little a little hint of something like such as like a tattoo poking out like of like the word like rose or something something like that where it shows like oh this character has lived a life before things like that are really helpful Uh, I know another thing I did is like I had a dad character in one of 
of my books and he was like a very minor character he didn't engage much but i gave him one of my something that my dad does where basically google calendar is like his holy grail (laughs) everything in there is definitive it's the definitive schedule for life so things like that, just give them little bits and pieces that sh- that make them feel more real. And it doesn't even have to be this like big thing that you d- dive deep into that has this deep meaning to it. Just give them little things that really just make them realistic. That's my best, my, my big tip. Love putting things from real life people that I know into my character. Like that person who I took it from ever reads it and they find it and they're like, wait, wait, I do that. I do. I just think it's so cute. Think, put your Put yourself in their shoes. Kind of pretend to be them for a day. But again, don't bully kids. It's not what I'm saying. Don't go home to your parents and be like, Ray told me to bully a kid at school today. No, I did not. Okay. No, I did not. Yeah, at the end of the day, the more you know about your... And the more you fix their character arcs and their dynamics and relationships with other characters, the more three-dimensional they're going to be and the more believable your readers are going to believe them to be and the more relatable and... So, obviously, the topic of this episode has been characters, and characters are super important for your story, and we've been sharing some tips and tricks for you, so we have a little writing prompt to go along with this. Yes, of course, Ray. Today's challenge for our cadets is to try some of these character creation tips and create your own original character, and head over to at Moving Ride Along Podcast in, on Instagram to tell us about your original character, and you might get a shout-out on the podcast. Woo! join us next time for our finale episode for a special surprise with some special guests yeah we've got a very very big big finale episode planned yeah and it's gonna be the end the like end of the season next episode it's our last episode of the season so if you have any thoughts about our podcast please let us know and yes get hype for the finale episode because it is going to be chaos yeah ruby might faint i might that's that's yeah (laughs) i'm not even gonna lie that's inaccurate but until next time riding cadets we'll see you on our next adventure you said no but you actually said so much like smart things i was like wow ruby's got a brain (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to the moving ride along podcast made possible by the young riders initiative Tune in next episode where we play a very exciting writing game with some very special guests as our season finale. You can follow us on Instagram at Moving Right Along Podcast or find us on tywi.org. And while you're there, why not check out the Tywi Discord, The Writer's Town. Thank you to our amazing team without whom this wouldn't be possible. The Ruler, Cassette, The Sage, Jasmine, The Outlaw, Dell and the caregiver, Simone. All sound effects are from the Freesound Project, and all music is from filmmusic.io by Kevin McLeod. Today you heard Beauty Flow.